This is Gilbert Andrew Garcia. Listen to my radio show, A Tip from Gilbert. Talk, inspiration, and prayer every Monday from 11 a.m. till noon on Houston's Gospel Leader, KWWJ, 1360 a.m. and streaming live on kwwj.org. Listen on the legendary KYOK, 1140 a.m. and streaming live on kyokradio.org. KCOH, 1230 a.m., The Source. On San Geek Radio, 95.1 FM, 1460 AM. And Aliento Radio, 101.7 FM and 1540 AM. Call in at 832-570-8075 and follow me on social media. See you then. All right, Houston, this is Gilbert Andrew Garcia of A Tip from Gilbert, Talk, Inspiration, Prayer. I'm back with you again on another episode. And boy, what an episode I have for you now. Do not... Touch this dial. Remember Batman? Do not touch that dial. Same bat channel, same bat time. Well, here we go. Same tip time, same tip channel. And, of course, there's five channels now. KWWJ, Keep Walking with Jesus, KYOK, The Legendary. Uh, KCOH, The Source, Aliento Sangeet. We had an incredible weekend. We've been celebrating Dr. Martin Luther King's life all weekend. We had an incredible Hispanic forum with about 10 Hispanic leaders and we really did it this weekend as a tribute to Dr. King because Dr. King was about everybody and all parts of the human race. And he's our hero. You know, Dr. Martin Luther King is more than just an American hero. He's a world hero and a historical hero. You know, that's why he belongs in the uh, pantheon of greatness. And we're going to have a special episode because I'm going to play this song that I played before. If y'all... Uh, don't recall, it's from Tom Clay, a DJ. He strung together, it's about six minutes long, some clips from the assassination and some speeches from Bobby Kennedy, President John F. Kennedy, and Dr. Martin Luther King. And it's just extraordinary view of those very violent times in the 60s. And then I'm going to go into the I have a dream speech, and we're going to hear about a seven-minute clip, some of the highlights, and every time I hear it, I just get the chills. And then we got something special from uh, Judy Faustin out there in the universe. Judy, if you hear me, I'm thinking of you. We have an interview from Mr. Ovi Duncantel. And Ovi Duncantel was the original founder of the Black Heritage Society, which, of course, Miss Teresa Brewer runs now. Miss Teresa, I'm thinking about you. And it's an incredible interview as he talked about the origin of the entire... Um, Society, the Martin Luther King tree, the plaza. It's just a wonderful, wonderful piece of history. It's about 40 minutes long. I think I'm going to try to play it in its entirety. And then we're going to go into the mountaintop speech. And every time I hear that one where it talks about, and I've been to the problem. We as a people will get to the promised land. Holy cow, I just get chills. And we're going to hear that as well. I knew Mr. Duncan Till because I was chairman of Metro when he chained himself to the tree. And I remember we did our part to move that tree. We knew the significance. You know, as I mature in life, I think I really feel the significance even more now than I did then. And maybe that's the secret of life. I just don't know, Houston, but I just understand even greater today. And I remember the statue when we unveiled the statue in Emancipation Park. And none of that could have happened 
without first and foremost Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee. Sheila, if you're out there, you know we all love you. Everybody, it, Sheila Jackson Lee made it happen. Come on, let's be real. Uh, it couldn't have also happened without an, a Maranese Parker. She named me to the Metro chair, the Metro board. She surrounded me with a good board. And we're the ones that, you know, use the Metro funds and, the, and everything. We just knew how important it was to commemorate uh, Dr. King. So we're going to go through all of this. And of course, I've been at the parade all morning. If you haven't been to the parade, there's still time there on Allen Parkway by sort of Dallas and Taft and all that area. And I mean, they're not even moving yet. There's so many floats. And I think my uh, van was supposed to be number 80. And I think we somehow lined up a number with like 125 or something like that. So let me just say a, a shout out to the uh, Garcia Hamilton crowd and all my team there and some of my producers from the show, a tip from Gilbert. And I already have incredible pictures. I'm going to put them up of, you know, some tuba players. Shout out to these tuba guys. Oh, my God. They're just ready. They're already playing the tuba and they're just in line and they're already having fun. And then I saw Burris School and all these incredible cheerleaders. Show some of those other pictures there, Mr. Producer. I mean, they are wonderful. Burris Pride. Uh, you know, when you see the community come together for an event like this to commemorate the life of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., it is so, so beautiful. And there are some of our scouts and the Explorer group, and there's a few others, and I, you know, I tried to keep up with them, but I just don't have the moves of some of these kids. So I don't want to embarrass myself, but I just might put it up on TikTok anyway. But no, they were beautiful. They were wonderful. And as we get going here, I hope you will enjoy this special edition of A Tip from Gilbert, Talk, Inspiration, and Prayer, starting with Tom Clay and a real reflection of those very violent times of the 60s. Tee it up there, Mr. Producer. Uh, what is bigotry? I don't know what bigotry is. What does uh, hatred mean? I don't know what it is. Uh, what is uh, prejudice? Um, I think it's when somebody sick. Kennedy, we can't see who has 
been hit, if anybody's been hit, but apparently something is wrong here. Something is terribly wrong. I'm in behind the motorcade trying to follow them. It looks as though they're going to Parkland Hospital. We interrupt this program to bring you a special bulletin. Dallas, Texas. The Flash, apparently official. President John F. Kennedy died at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. No one can be certain who next will suffer from some senseless act of bloodshed. What an incredible, incredible clip of history and songs. And as we sort of let this fade out, I'm just going to begin to play the I Have a Dream clip. It was a much longer speech. I'm going to play about six minutes or so. And as a reminder, it was a speech delivered by Dr. King on the March on Washington for Jobs and Freedom which was on August 28th, 1963. It's hard to believe. August 28th, 1963. I was born May 14th, 1963. So it was essentially as long as I've been alive. And it was really a call for him 
as he wanted to talk about civil and economic rights and an end to racism in the United States. Boy, do we need those words today more than ever. He always talked about peace. You know, imagine, sometimes I imagine, what would he be saying today? Let's all sort of think on that and pause on that. When you think about what happened there on Washington and storming the Capitol, you think about some of the violence of the schools. <clears throat> this is not a political statement. This is just a humanitarian statement. You think about uh, the war in Ukraine. What would he be saying today? Over 250,000 civil rights supporters were on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial. When you look at it, my hunch is there were over a million. And it's an incredible speech, and in my view, it goes down as one of the best speeches in the history of American history and potentially world history. Ranks up there with the Emancipation Proclamation or uh, the Gettysburg Address, rather. Uh, I mean, it's incredible. So please, let's listen to I Have a Dream, a clip from that incredible moment in time. Boy, do we need him more than ever. I'm happy to join with you today in what will go down in history as the greatest demonstration for freedom in the history and he was so young when he was taken away from us just look at these images of him five score years ago a great american in whose symbolic shadow we stand today signed the Emancipation Proclamation this momentous decree came as a great beacon light of hope to millions of Negro slaves who had been seared in the flames of withering injustice it came as a joyous daybreak to end the long night of their captivity. But 100 years later, the Negro still is not free. 100 years later, the life of the Negro is still sadly crippled by the manacles of segregation and the chains of discrimination 100 years later. The Negro lives on a lonely island of poverty in the midst of a vast ocean of material prosperity. This nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. Just look at the crowds, and they're mesmerized, listening to every word. Sounds like poetry. That one day, even the state of Mississippi, a state sweltering with the heat of injustice, sweltering with the heat of oppression, will be transformed into an oasis of freedom and justice. I have a dream. 
that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream today. I have a dream that one day down in Alabama with its vicious racists, with its governor having his lips dripping with the words of interposition and nullification. One day right there in Alabama, little black boys and black girls will be able to join hands with little white boys and white girls as sisters and brothers. I have a dream today. I have a dream that one day every valley shall be exalted. Every hill and mountain shall be made low, the rough places will be made plain, and the crooked places will be made straight, and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. This is our hope. This is a faith that I go back to the South with. With this faith, we will be able to hew out of the mountain of despair a stone of hope. With this faith, we will be able to transform the jangling discords of our nation into a beautiful symphony of brotherhood. With this faith, we will be able to work together, to pray together, to struggle together, to go to jail together, to stand up for freedom together, knowing that we will be free one day. This will be the day, this will be the day when all of God's children be able to sing with new meaning, my country tears of thee. Sweet land of liberty of thee I sing. Land where my fathers died, land of the pilgrim's pride. From every mountainside, let freedom ring. And if America is to be a great nation, this must become true. And so let freedom ring. From the prodigious hilltops of New Hampshire, let freedom ring. From the mighty mountains of New York, let freedom ring from the heightening Alleghenies of Pennsylvania. Let freedom ring from the snow-capped Rockies of Colorado. Let freedom ring from the curvaceous slopes of California. Not only that, let freedom ring from Stone Mountain of Georgia. Let freedom ring from Lookout Mountain of Tennessee. Let freedom ring from every hill and mole hill of Mississippi, from every mountainside. Let freedom ring, and when this happens, when we allow freedom ring, when we let it ring from every village and every hamlet, from every state and every city, we will be able to speed up that day when all of God's black men and white men, Jews and Gentiles, Protestants and Catholics will be able to join hands and sing in the words of the old Negro spiritual. Free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty. Thank God Almighty we are free at last. What a speech, what a moment. If you're still listening, there's still time to go to that parade. I put some pictures out there. I had... Pictures with me with tuba players, with dancers, with cheerleaders, with scouts. 
It is truly a family celebration. I rushed over here to do the show. We're going to do something very special now because I'm going to read some clips from a Houston Chronicle article that goes back to March 30th of 2012. I'll try to put it on my website. I'm going to paraphrase it. But it says, in 1980, when Metro was two years old and a world away from laying light rail, activists called upon the Houston City Council to erect a statue of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and the esplanade of MLK at Old Spanish Trail. When it didn't happen, the Black Heritage Society, Mr. Ovi Duncan Tail, marked the spot with a tree planted at King's memory in 1983. Now, nearly 30 years later, the tree stands on the path of Metro's Southeast Light Rail Line under construction between Palm Center and downtown. So we approved to move the tree and we approved to build a statue and a plaza there. And I think it's probably one of the highlights of my career and my life. And I'll never forget it. And of course, again, I was surrounded by a great board that uh, supported me on this effort. Anise Parker, I was surrounded by a great mayor that appointed me that was all for the project. And most importantly, Representative Sheila Jackson Lee. Let's, I mean, I don't know where she's out there, but if she's out there, you know Sheila. You know, there, you know, some people just need one word to describe themselves, like Madonna or Cher. Well, there's Sheila, because we all know Sheila means Sheila. And she made it happen. Let me tell you, she made it happen. That, no, that's the truth. Ovi Duncan Tell, this is his interview when he was interviewed by uh, Radio One back in, uh, I'll get the year, I think it was uh, the, 40, the 34th, I'll get it again. I'll say it right after. It's about eight years old, and it's a wonderful, incredible tribute. I'm going to play the whole interview for y'all because it's an incredible history with Ovi Duncan tell it, it was really his dream and his vision and, and his effort to make sure we commemorated this whole effort that, you know, he was really a man of peace himself, that we moved the tree, we planted the tree, we got the statue. He was the one that chained himself to the tree. And I remember we at Metro took him some water, uh, but respected his rights to do that, to ensure that we move that tree. And I remember going through all kinds of tree doctors and everything else to make sure that that tree was moved and could be moved and make it because uh, it was a big, it's a big, beautiful tree. Let's hit it, Mr. Producer. This is Mr. Ovi Duncan Tell. Of the Black Heritage Society, the MLK Parade, and events coming up. And good morning to both you gentlemen. Uh, it's uh, just after 2 o'clock at KMJQ, Houston Galveston, Houston's only R&B station. And let's see, Sylvester Brown, you're the project manager at the uh, Heritage Society, is that correct? That's right, Jay. And uh, I, first of all, I want to say uh, uh, good morning to all of the uh, Magic 102 radio listeners. And uh, we're always happy to uh, come in and sit down and apprise the uh, community about what the Black Heritage Society is doing. Yes, and uh, you've been doing a lot for a very long time. Uh, mm -hmm. Ovi Duncan Tell, the founder and executive director, is also with us. Good morning, sir. Good morning, and good morning to your listening audience. I know we've got that big parade coming up on the 20th, and uh, but, uh, you know, I, I was uh, in uh, preparing for the show today. I, I, I've been, um, I've met you many years ago, uh, Mr. Duncan Tell, when we, uh, uh, Magic 102 first came on the scene, but a lot of folks may not know a little bit about your background. I understand that when you uh, 
uh, came to Houston, you first came here just uh, maybe as a, a little vacation spot and uh, on your way to Los Angeles. That is correct. And uh, then you just said, boy, this is just so beautiful and just decided to just set roots here, huh? Well, that's partially correct, but uh, it was a situation where I, my, my wife had uh, some relatives here and we stopped just say hello and head on to California. And while here, I started, I decided I'd grab a job right quick and mm. make some extra money. I'd just gotten out of the Air Force. And you know how when you oh, get yeah. out of the service, you broke. Oh. <laughs> but uh, in the process of doing that, uh, I was working on a job here and, and, I, and I got hurt. Um. And as a result of that, I ended up trying to wait out a lawsuit and several other things. And anyway, yeah. I think this is where I was supposed to be because I'm still headed to California. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe you can go see the Lakers play. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, I have a brother out there that's a doctor, and uh, he and I were to get together and go into business together, and I uh, obviously forgot that my business is right here in Houston. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you, well, you, you, you created the Black Heritage Society in 1974, becoming its uh, founder and executive director, but, but you were active in Houston politics and community organizations long before that. Can you kind of give us a summary of your activism prior to uh, the founding of the uh, Heritage Society. Right. Well, one of the things that uh, startled me after coming here, I thought Houston, you know, I came from a little country town in Louisiana, Natchitoches, Louisiana, and mm -hmm. didn't expect much out of that town uh, in the way of progress uh, for our people. But when I came to big Houston, I thought, uh, hey, look, I know they have things going on there. Mm-hmm. Everything was going on here, with the exception of uh, the political arena. I couldn't find any blacks in politics here. Mm. Uh, well, not only blacks, there weren't any Hispanics either. Mm -hmm. So I say, now, that's one void that has to be filled. And I decided to go to work on that, and I created an organization called the Central Committee for the Protection of Poor People. Mm. because we discovered a couple of things right quick here. I decided, I said, now, first thing I'll do, I'll run for public office. Mm -hmm. And I'll try and solve that problem. I'm not one to sit back and complain about something that isn't happening. Hell, go out there and make it happen. Yes, sir. So I filed for city council here. I, went, I attempted to file for city council, and a little lady at behind the desk told me, she said, Mr., you do not qualify. Mm hmm I said, what do you mean, because I'm black? She said, oh, no, 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 that has nothing to do with it. She said, it is because you had owned property and had owned that property for two years prior to filing according to your application here. Mm. You live in an apartment. I said, that's correct. I say, uh, but what the hell has got to do with the price of tea in China? Mm -hmm. She said, well, that's just part of one of our rules. She said, and then the other thing is, I noticed you're unemployed at this time. And she said, it's going to cost $500 to get your name, even if you had the property. Mm -hmm. I said, something is wrong with this pitch, this law. I didn't, I wasn't using this pitch at that time because <laughs> I don't even think that was a phase then. But, <laughs> but 
something was wrong with that picture, so I decided to do something about it, and uh, I went to federal court, filed a suit against the city of Houston, mm -hmm. and uh, we won that suit. George Singleton said, first of all, the law of uh, owning property uh, prior to uh, filing for office was uh, unconstitutional on its face. Right. And that uh, I... Had, they had to find another way other than just paying money to get your name on the ballot. Mm -hmm. And these objects were just put there to block poor people and especially minorities from getting on the ballot. Mm. And consequently, we had not had anyone on the ballot since back when Texas State was formed. That is amazing. Anyway, <clears throat> I filed... Jerry Singleton oh, said that uh, if he does not have the $500, he, uh, you have to make some other way. And mm -hmm. it came up right now. Any of you can go and file now by petition. Wow, okay. So we brought Let's the petition file, into, into being in, here in Houston. That is great. Uh, so that, 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 uh, that obviously was designed uh, as a barrier to uh, becoming on the ballot. Yeah, that's very significant. Our phone number is 713-390-5102, 713-390-5102. We're talking with Ovi Duncantel, the founder and executive director of the Black Heritage Society, and Sylvester Brown, the, its uh, project manager. Now, you know, after uh, the Black Heritage Society uh, was founded, it, it was one of the driving forces behind renaming South Park Boulevard to Martin Luther King Boulevard. That's how long, right. How long did it take to accomplish that, just getting that name changed? Oh, that was a, that was a battle, believe me. Uh, <clears throat> it was almost two years because I for, formed uh, the uh, Black Heritage Society in 1976. Matter of fact, this was sort of like a, uh, if you're biblically inclined, uh, and I'm not a, a highly religious person, but I'm sure you're familiar with Saul and Paul. I was Saul at the time when I was doing the uh, the uh, political stuff, mm -hmm. and when we got the health clinic for the community, and when we food stamp office, the first food stamp office in Harris County. We put it at 3333 OST. And uh, when we also, the first hospital uh, outpatient uh, program was put on Griggs Road right by Alice Shoe Shop, if you're an old Houstonian. Mm -hmm. And then we decided we wasn't going to stop there. We went on to get the uh, first courthouse annex in Harris County wow. put in the black community and the first constable was A.B. Chambers and I yeah. had the good pleasure of uh, being with Tom Bass office and naming uh, Chambers as the uh, first constable. Wow. And along with the constable go two justices of the peace. That was Judge uh, John Peavy and uh, Judge Sir Davis who was later followed by now Congressman Al Green yeah. and <laughs> right on down the line so yeah. forth. But we got we we were fortunate in getting some things wrong. But I changed from Paul to Saul to Paul, and that was uh, at the behest of Dr. Martin Luther King's father. Mm -hmm. I didn't know Dr. King well. I only saw him on one occasion, uh, and uh, I I was more familiar with his father. I met his father through uh, Reverend uh, C. D. Daniels and. Uh, the, the Daniel brothers, they had a church out on uh, Jerusalem, uh, 
Jerusalem Baptist Church out on uh, Jensen. Mm -hmm. And they were very close to his father. And and all of this stuff got started about street change and the parade and all of that. That sort of came, was motivated by Dr. King's father. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And most people don't know that because his father had a sort of a, a, a bitter thing in his mouth about Houston because of the way they treated his son. See, a lot of people do not know that Dr. King came here twice to speak to the nation. Mm -hmm. And just like he had done in Chicago, New uh, New York, and all the other cities outside of the South, I mean, outside of the South, and in the South, he never spoke to the nation from Houston. Mm. First time when he came, it was uh, the... uh, The speech was stopped because of the lack of a crowd. Now, what had happened, the system came together, and I mean the full system, and encouraged the black community to not turn out to the outing for Dr. King when he came here to speak. He was going to speak at the Coliseum. We had a little protest march, and uh, the only people showed up were the street people. When I say that, I mean that was the brothers who were like myself and Shape Center and other organizations like that. We showed up, about 400 of us. Mm. But uh, the real sisters and brothers going to church and hope to die, uh, brothers and sisters yes, did yes. not show up. Because the black newspapers and the uh, uh, the uh, ministers all came together and said because Dr. King has came up on against the Vietnam War. Wow. And the fact that he was being labeled a communist. <laughs> yeah. uh, they didn't think that, uh, you know, the citizens of Houston should be, uh, uh, you know, Participating in the event. Like that. So that, uh, when his front people came and came to the Coliseum and saw it was only three or four hundred of them, there was more press people there, and they were really there to shoot uh, empty seats, Mm -hmm. as you know, to embarrass Dr. King. And uh, his front people decided not to bring him in. So he never came to the Coliseum on that day. But he said, like, uh, like, MacArthur, he said, I shall return. Mm. And he came back to Houston. This time he had Harry Belafonte, he had Joan Baez, he had uh, uh, many other celebrities with him. And the Col- oh, Aretha Franklin, the Coliseum was packed. Mm. But uh, he never got a chance to speak again because the Ku Klux Klan, the so so said the city of Houston, and I don't believe this one because I don't think the Klan could have gotten up in the attic of the Coliseum without somebody from the city of Houston knowing about it. Mm -hmm. See, they turned loose a stink bomb in the uh, Coliseum and ran all the people, everybody out of there. Well, that's terrible. So... Dr. King never, uh, consequently, that was in 1967, 1968. Uh, you know the story there, right. April, uh, before he could April ever 4th. come back here again, April 4th happened. Yeah. So yeah. Dr. King's father wanted to to get some balance uh, here in Houston to his son's name. His son, he said, my son is not a communist and he's not a bad person. He's trying to help our people. 
So he asked the Daniel Brothers, do you know of an organization in this city that could, will work with me and get out in the streets and get the word out and, and do something for my son? And the Daniel Brothers said, well, the only organization we know that's really on fire here is the Black Heritage Society. And uh, seemingly they are, uh, are cranking up to do some things. They're talking about a street change for your son. So he said, I want to meet them. And he met with me, he and I met, and uh, we decided, laid out the strategy for things that you see uh, happening right now. Yeah. It's uh, 9 16, 16 past 9 o'clock. We're talking with Ovi Duncan Tell and Sylvester Brown of the Black Heritage Society. Now, uh, tell us about your uh, most recent announcement of the uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Memorial statue in uh, the Park Plaza. I'm going to let my sister work on that. Well, uh, well, thank you for asking that question. Um, of course, uh, you know, it has been 33 years um, that the Black Heritage Society has sought to uh, to have a Martin Luther King um, statue and memorial here in Houston. Of course, that was in 1980 uh, under McCann. I mean, McCann wow. was approved yeah. by a full city council. Yeah, full city council approved of uh, the Black Heritage Society to convey a piece of land that sits in the explanade of uh, OST and uh, and Martin Luther King. And that was for the purpose of uh, building a memorial and a statue. However, at the suggestion of Dr. King's father, Daddy King, uh, said, well, something should be put placed there. So a senator was placed there, which was a live oak tree, a little mm-hmm. five-gallon bucket live oak tree. And uh, what the tree is now, of course, it's a huge tree now mm-hmm. after 33 years, but... Uh, Finally, because of the Houston Art Alliance couldn't assure and had to go out for bid to sculpture, and they couldn't assure that it wouldn't come back or the, the whoever would get the bid wouldn't build Dr. King in abstract. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Black Heritage Society found that unacceptable to uh, to do Dr. King in abstract because he could have came back looking like what the mouse downtown. Okay, so anyway, the project has laid dormant, a uh, laid dormant for 33 years. And then Metro Rail decided that they were going to go down Martin Luther King Boulevard. Mm. And to their surprise, they ran into the conveyance that had been given by Full City Council and that tree. Mm. So to go around the tree would have cost them, as you read the paper, $3.25 million. So as an effort to save taxpayers' money, uh, we were able, Mr. Duncan Tell and the organization, the board, decided that what we would do is sit down with uh, with uh, parties that be uh, interesting parties and try and see if we can negotiate something out. As such, uh, we decided to go with a plan. The full board uh, decided to adopt a plan which would allow the same conveyance that we had in the middle, Esplanade, to be moved over into the park, mm-hmm. McGregor Park. So as such... Uh, they decided that they would assist in uh, funding uh, to get that done. So actually, we end up saving the city $2.25 million that the taxpayers were able to keep in their pocket because we uh, reached that agreement. Now, uh, to bring fast forward now, uh, a memorial, that memorial now is being built. One of very few in the entire nation, Houston can be proud that we have a Martin Luther King statue and a memorial. And when you go out to look at it, it it gives you chills. It's huge. And I have to give thanks to everyone. I have to give the thanks to uh, the city of Houston, 
uh, uh, Anise Parker and, and her crew, uh, uh, the friends of McGregor, Dr. McDavid over there, and, and the friends in the super neighborhood. Everybody kind of had all hands on deck to make this thing happen. And now we can go anywhere, hopefully here within the next three or four months, anywhere in the country, and proud ourselves that we have. Lee. Yeah, co- ex- exactly. Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee was, she was a real champion, mm-hmm. okay, because uh, that money had to come from Washington, yes. okay, and and that's our congresswoman that's up there representing us, okay, and that's how the all of the pieces began to com- confirm itself, consummate itself uh, on the basis of a hard work that she put in to make this thing happen. But now, as I said, uh, the spirit of, we welcome the spirit of Dr. Martin Luther King. That's our logo. Okay, and uh, that is going to be official. We'll have an official unveiling uh, the week April 4th through April 6th. Y'all know that we generally have a candlelight vigil on April 4th, which is Friday. That marks the date of his death. Uh, we'll have a candlelight vigil. Uh, the, uh, after the candlelight vigil, we'll get into the gala and the mountaintop award and all of those things that we normally do, which we normally do this time of year. Mm-hmm. But we've rescheduled it because of the big episode that we're going to have uh, in April. However, let me kind of tell the listeners a little about what's going on here within the next week. Okay, we're gonna take. We're gonna do that. We're gonna take a brief break, and then we'll talk about the events leading up to the MLK parade. Okay? Great, great. It's nine twenty-one, twenty-one past nine o'clock. We're at Magic One Hundred Two Point One, a Radio One station, Black Planet Radio for Houston. We'll be right back after this break. We're at Magic One Hundred Two Point One, streaming at myhoustonmagic.com. Check it out. And Houston, I remember that vividly. I was on the Metro Board. I was the chairman with all the discussion. And when we came to see the tree, we're like, oh, my goodness. Remember, the rail lines were already put in place in the plans, you know, decades earlier. But we wanted to preserve that tree. We had to find a way. And we wanted to do something grander and bigger and more just special. And that's the whole plaza. And again, I want to thank Mayor Anise Parker. I want to thank my board members. And I really want to thank Sheila Jackson Lee because that's how it all came together and Ovi Tunkintail because it was Ovi Tunkintail who just made it all happen. Miss Teresa Brew who's picked up that mantle. And what an extraordinary day we are here today at the parade with all kinds of people. It's still going. In fact, I'm told it's just starting. Let's go, Houston. It's time to Call now, 713-390-5102. That's 713-390-5102. Sunday Morning Live on Magic 102. It's 926, 26 past 9 o'clock. We're talking with Sylvester Brown and Ovi Duncantel of the Black Heritage Society. Uh, Mr. Duncantel, can you give us a little background on, on the parade? Uh, yes. Uh, the first, by the way, I want to clearly establish this. The very first parade in America held for Dr. King was held right here in Houston, Texas. Mm. Our first Grand Marshal was Dr. King's father. Wow. Now, you've had a lot of other wannabes and gonna-bes pop up since that right here in the city, but uh, we are the original parade created by Dr. King at the behest of Dr. King's father. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, and after we got, we were started, uh, parades started popping up all over all America. The country. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, uh, you may look in the, the uh, and, and 
Wikipedia, and uh, they'll say the first parade was held in New York, but that was the first parade held after uh, Reagan passed signed the bill, in, uh, that was in... Uh, the holiday. Yes, yeah. for the holiday. Yeah. But we were prior to that. We brought in the holiday. We worked to- closely with Stevie Wonder and the other people that was pushing Kanye's in... Uh, uh, of, uh, and Dan Kanye's doing right. yeah. That was fighting for the holiday, and uh, right here, we all right. raised. This was the cutting edge. It all began right, right here, here in Houston, Houston Texas. Texas. Let's talk about some of the events leading up to the parade. Uh, think that things get uh, kicked off uh, on uh, the. 18th, is that correct? Yes, that's right, Jay. Uh, things get kicked off on the 18th. Uh, of course, normally we get started on Friday with the uh, Mountaintop uh, Awards Gala, which we give out the uh, a prestigious, outstanding award to those who've made outstanding contributions to the African-American community. However, uh, this year... Uh, we are not. We decided that we'll reschedule that since we're having our big official opening of the memorial. Mm-hmm. Uh, we rescheduled it for Friday, the fourth of April, in that uh, program, the official uh, opening of the uh, memorial. However, uh, on the on the 18th, which is a Saturday, January mm-hmm. 18th, we get started with a children's march downtown. Uh, it just starts at 10, 10 a.m. at Minute Maid Park, and we encourage all of our youth organizations and, and families and participants to uh, to come out. That's an enjoyable uh, event. Miss uh, uh, Sandra Hine, Mayor of Sunnyside, Sandra Hine, she runs that project hmm. that's out there, and that will be kicking off again on uh, uh, January the 18th. That's Saturday, 10 a.m., starting at Minute Maid Park. Then on uh, Saturday evening or Saturday afternoon, there is a huge youth festival and concert. Well, there's a huge youth festival and concert, but they're going to be holding a health fair out there mm-hmm. and a concert for the youth in McGregor Park. That gets started around 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock uh, on Saturday, January the 18th. I and, want to point out that all of these events are on your website, uh, which they can get through myhoustonmagic.com. We have a link on the site which takes us right to all these events. Absolutely, and I just want to give the shout-out to Maddie 102 and the, uh, Radio 1. They have been outstanding media partners, okay, in our efforts to uh, to bring in and engage the community about uh, this wonderful, wonderful holiday that we're able to celebrate each year. But on Sunday, uh, we'll have, we free to Hungry over at uh, St. John's, uh, Reverend Rudy Rasmus Church. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, we do that from 11 o'clock until 2 o'clock on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And then on Sunday evening, uh, from 4 to 7, we're having the Houston Martin Luther King Jr. VIP uh, uh, VIP reception, uh, mm-hmm. memorial reception that we're going to be holding. You know, there's a lot of folk who've never seen the layout and design of the uh, of the memorial. Mm-hmm. They'll get a chance. Uh, the reception will allow them to get a chance to see the design on big AV screen, uh, how the donor's wall will look, how the uh, the tree of life will look. How the memorial, the 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 quotes, Dr. King quotes that's in the uh, granite that's in the ground mm-hmm. uh, on the floor of the uh, memorial. So there'll be a lot of interesting things you'll get a chance to see beforehand before the April uh, official 
unveiling of the uh, statue program. If you come to the VIP reception, which is the 19th from 4 to 7, and of course we're sending out invitations, and for those who are interested who may not receive one of the VIP uh, invitation, please call our office, you know, 713-236-1700, and we'll be happy to get you on our email list and get you a VIP uh, uh, invitation because we like to have you RSVP before the 15th of uh, of this month. So we can have everything. is going to be very, very nice, and I'm pretty sure that everybody that comes and get a chance to look at it uh, will be excited. But more importantly, I want to also add this. For those who've never seen the very first parade held in America to honor the birthday of Dr. Martin Luther King. If you come to that reception, you'll get a chance to see that video. It's on 16-millimeter film that has been transferred mm. digitally over. And for the first time, you know, we've said it, and now you can see it, All okay, right. if you come to the reception. And then uh, on Monday, which is the big day, yes, uh, we celebrate the... Uh, the original MLK Parade, we get started at 10 a.m. We ask all participants who are registered for the parade to at least be there by 8.30. Uh, we start staging area at Hamilton in Texas. Uh, it's going to be a very, very exciting day, and uh, we're just looking for the entire community to come. There is one parade downtown, and that is the Black Heritage Society 36th Annual Original MLK Parade that starts at 10 a.m., downtown Houston, we encourage all of the community to come out and support the legacy because we are preparing to welcome the spirit of Dr. Martin Luther King here in Houston. So we encourage everyone to come out. Well, gentlemen, we really, really appreciate you coming out this morning to provide this background and information on this very important event. Uh, I want to encourage all of our listeners to uh, uh, participate and also remember that it was in 1974 that Congress... uh, designated the uh, Martin Luther King Jr. federal holiday as a national day of service. And um, we encourage you to uh, come out, um, make it a day on, not a day off, participate in the parade, and, of course, uh, perhaps uh, get involved in service. All right, Houston. What incredible history. I hope you enjoyed that. Again, that was the audio with the interview the history of the MLK Parade, again, the original MLK Parade from the Black Heritage Society with Mr. Ovi Duncan Tell, who was the founder of the MLK Parade, the first one apparently in America. It was recorded nine years ago for the 36th annual MLK Parade. And again, Mr. Duncan Tell talked about the tree with Metro. I remember that vividly like it was yesterday. And again, thanks to Mayor Parker, my board members, a lot of other people that were behind the scenes, and of course, Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee for making that happen. And now, here we are today celebrating the 45th annual parade. And I'm told it is just rocking and rolling. So here we go. I'm going to go to the next thing that I wanted to play for us. And this is the mountaintop speech. And in many ways, it's the one that really sticks in my mind the most and it was when he dr martin luther king jr was delivering a speech before the support of striking sanitation workers at mason temple in memphis tennessee on april 3rd 1968 the day before he was assassinated and you know he's just more than a holy man when you hear his words he had to have been touched by the finger of god and you'll hear that as he talks about I might not get there with you, but we as a people 
we'll get to the promised land. Oh, it is an incredible speech. I hope you enjoy it right now. I'm going to paraphrase it. Enjoy Mountaintop by the incredible, the one and only, one of a kind, giant of giants, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. If I lived in China or even Russia or any totalitarian country, maybe I could understand some of these illegal injunctions. Maybe I could understand the denial of certain basic First Amendment privileges because they haven't committed themselves to that over there. But somewhere I read of the freedom of assembly. Somewhere I read of the freedom of speech. Somewhere I read of the freedom of press. Somewhere I read that the greatness of America is the right to protest far right. And so just as I say we aren't going to let any dogs or water hoses turn us around, we aren't going to let any injunction turn us around. what will happen now we've got some difficult days ahead but it really doesn't matter with me now because I've been to the mountaintop I don't mind like anybody I would like to live a long life longevity has its place but I'm not concerned about that now I just want to do God's will. And he's allowed me to go up to the mountain. And I've looked over. And I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you. But I want you to know tonight that we as a people will get to the promised land. So I'm happy tonight. I'm not worried about anything. I'm not fearing any man. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. Houston, I'm going to interrupt that pre-recorded because, again, I left the parade to come here and do the show. I, I get chills when I hear that. It's incredible. This is not a man of just America. This is a world hero. This is a, a man that belongs with a pantheon of greatness. And again, I just want to say how privileged we all are to be able to celebrate his life and what he meant to all of us. And I want to say I had a guest drop in, Mr. Alan Thornton. If you don't know Alan Thornton, you need to know him because he's doing incredible things with this whole 40 Acre and a Mule effort. He's been celebrating four or five days of Martin Luther King events, helping young people, doing all kinds of things. He's had seminars. He's had wealth creation speakers. He's done all kinds of things. I'm so glad he dropped in. I'm going to give him the mic because I want him to tell you, Houston, what does Martin Luther King mean to him and why did he create all this effort that he's been doing now for the last few years? All you, pal. Oh, man. First and foremost, I want to say thank you to everybody. Thank you to everybody that came out this weekend to support the 40 Acre Conference. And thank you 
to Mr. Gilbert Garcia for actually supporting and helping us in the effort to sponsor our goal, which was over 500 kids. We didn't quite get there, but the kids that did come were truly impacted, and it, it was an incredible weekend. Tell us again, what are the, ki- what are the kids doing? Oh my let us goodness. go again, because let's make sure at Houston, we got to make sure we're helping these kids. So let's make sure we get 500 next year. Absolutely. So, And, and we're doing another one Juneteenth. We had uh, a billionaire, not only the one that's sitting next to me, ah. but we had uh, another billionaire fly in, uh, Mr. Mike Roberts. We had Earn Your Leisure, the biggest uh the biggest financial platform podcast in the world come through. We had 19 keys come through. We had 15 different uh, million dollar panels. We had kids that got to see a path to what they really wanted to be. We had a competition and they told us this was incredible. They told us what their business was and they said, hey, we don't know the next step. And what we said, if you don't know the next step, let us do this for you. We gave them all LLCs to start their oh, business so as formerly. Where, where right? else does that happen? Let me ask you this because we have about another minute or two live. Yeah. I just wanted to say, what does Martin Luther King mean to you? What made this happen for you? If you listen to that, the, the last part of that speech and the last part of every one of Martin Luther King's speech, it was all about economic empowerment. And he said... I know that I've seen the mountaintop and I may not get there with you, right? He knew that something was probably going to happen and he, it, that was a call to action so to a too. lot of us, right? It, it, it moves me. It moves me even bigger than the I Have a Dream. Maybe it's because of the whole thing. It was a night before his death. You know he was touched by the finger of God. He had to have been. He knew it. So knew it. that was a call to action to a lot of us saying, hey, it's time for us to pick up where he left off. There's a lot of things that we can do. There's a a lot of corporations that have raised their hand and said, hey, we want to help. There's $200 billion that they have committed to the black community. Less than 5% has been dispersed. So here's our area to help these kids, find underserved kids, give them areas to be what they see, and then help all of these corporations disperse the money that aligns with their brand. Let's right. do it. Let's make we got to make sure they live up to what they said because you know what? If you don't do something here for the Hispanic and African-American community, so goes the minority community, goes the city of Houston, and goes America. And so it is time. And so Dr. King is not just an American hero. He's a world hero. And boy, I wonder what he would say today. And so let's keep his spirit alive. I want to thank everyone, my producers, everyone for listening. I want to thank all of you. There's still time to hit the parade. There's all kinds of action. I saw it myself. And this is Gilbert Andrew Garcia of a tip from Gilbert saying, we'll see you next time. This is Gilbert Andrew Garcia. Listen to my radio show, A Tip from Gilbert. Talk, inspiration, and prayer every Monday from 11 a.m. till noon on Houston's Gospel Leader, KWWJ.
1360 AM and streaming live on KWWJ.org. Listen on the legendary KYOK 1140 AM and streaming live on KYOKradio.org. KCOH 1230 AM, The Source. On Sand Geek Radio 95.1 FM 1460 AM. And Aliento Radio 101.7 FM and 1540 AM. Call in at 832-570-8075 and follow me on social media. See you then.